Hello and welcome to the Beyond the Lyrics podcast where we hear songs and stories from Canada's up and coming musicians. I am Sam and across the table from me is Amanda and we have a seat saved for you. Well, season two has begun. We made it. Woohoo. <laughs> I think you're more excited than that, aren't you? <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> well, today we are kicking off season two with the self-proclaimed president of the Sad Song Society. And we're going to ask her a little bit more about that later on in the interview. But before we do, I want us to think for a moment about who else might be in this club. Amanda, who else do you think is going to be in the Sad Song Society if our guest today is the president? Hmm. Well, Adele comes to mind for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lots of sad songs. Lots of sad songs. Um, Taylor Swift. Probably Sam Loker. <laughs> <laughs> you write sad songs. <laughs> I do write some sad songs, but I used to only write upbeat, happy songs. And uh, oh yeah, it's all fallen apart as I've got older. <laughs> well, do you know who I get? I get that from one of my influences, who would be Martin Joseph. Uh, mm. He writes a lot of very sad very real and honest songs but when you go and see them live particularly they are kind of sad uh and another influence of mine would be matt skiba from alkaline true also plays in blink 182 he writes some really sad and dark songs so i think they'd both be in the sad song mm. society for sure how do you think those uh committee meetings go <laughs> i imagine they are an absolute bundle of laughs <laughs> Well, let's get to this interview. Uh, Before we do, let's hear her song, Tomorrow Never Comes. All right, Brooklyn, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It is great to have you with us. Uh, We just opened this interview with the beginning of your song, Tomorrow Never Comes. And I know that this is something of an emotional song uh, for you. Mm -hmm. So can you just tell us a little bit about that? So I wrote my song, Tomorrow Never Comes, about the last interaction I had with one of my very best friends, Andrew Galandrew Henderson, before he passed away. He was 28. Didn't quite make it into the 27 club, was trying so hard for it, lived a little bit too long. Um, We're coming up on the anniversary of his death uh, in October, and the song is really a celebration of my friend Andrew as a person. He never really wanted people to feel sad about his death. We held three massive funeral parties where the theme was dress like people on the subway are going to look at you weird nails so long your text messages are gibberish gold (sighs) glitter gay do whatever you want and that's something that I have really brought forward into my 
current life, which is live your truth, live authentically. Anyone could die tomorrow. So why not Mm. say the thing that you want to say now? Mm. And the song is really about that. Um, Mm -hmm. We sampled Andrew's voice, his laughter in the actual Mm. track. I don't know. That was such a powerful part. Yeah, we heard, I heard it. (laughs) I almost like cried and I don't, I've never even met him. That was really good idea. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, we wanted to include his spirit in the recording. And so as such, all of the proceeds from that song, whether it be royalties from radio or Spotify, people purchasing merch, people um, buying the song outright from Bandcamp, all of that money goes to a charity in Toronto called the 519 and the Will Monroe Fund, which is a charity that supports queer and trans people living with cancer. And that was a charity that supported Andrew for the last and final year of his life. Mm. Mm. That's really great to give back. We all each have our own ways of of telling that story and processing that story and it in a way helps the legacy of Andrew or Glamdra live on. Especially with those <laughs> themed parties. That sounds very fun. It was a great time. It was a dance party. He did not allow us to feel sad for a single second. Mm. But you are pretty familiar with feeling sad, I assume. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you call yourself the president of the sad song society. Yes. But how does that how did that come about? Is that self self-named? Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I put that on my Spotify bio because I thought I was being funny. I I started realizing it is funny. Bo- it is yes, it is funny. <laughs> yeah. I do only write sad songs. I do almost exclusively write really sad songs and I think it's because in real life I'm a very bubbly high energy um, extroverted person and in order Mm -hmm. to be that person I have to let out my sad feelings Mm. and have an outlet for that and I think music making is that outlet so like listening to your stuff like they, they they are sad songs but I don't necessarily find them like overwhelmingly like an overwhelming downer do you know what i mean yeah. like they're kind of like there's still like some kind of pep to them there's still some kind of like upbeatness here and and there that kind of doesn't leave you at the end kind of being like oh my goodness like yeah. this, this is it kind of like, yeah it, it's it's still like a really great sound that i think you kind of complement like those sad lyrics and those sad themes with kind of like a good beat you know, like in a and an upbeat melody. So I, I I like the the combination that you you go with. Is that on purpose? I do think that it is important when you're making music to undercut thematically what you're doing. I think that that creates an effect that gives it begs for a second listen. So I do agree with that. I think sad song wise, like I just want to follow in the footsteps of like my soul sister Phoebe Bridgers, which is just like may like know your audience and if your audience is depressed lesbians then make depressed lesbians (laughs) (laughs) yeah you gotta give them what they want yeah i'm sad about a lot of different things you just choose your own poison you're like are you sad about moving out are you sad about your parents are you sad about your recent breakup like you know it's a choose your own adventure novel (laughs) 
That's like, great. If you're, if you're sad, Brooklyn has the song for you. <laughs> and if not, she'll write it for you. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so when you are singing sad songs, when you're performing sad songs, um, <laughs> do you find you have to do other things to like pep up the crowd or do you just like go with the, with the mood? I feel like this is a comparison I've been given a couple times and I have not, I don't know if it's true or not. So maybe you could tell me, but in a live show, I tend to pull a Donovan Woods, which Mm -hmm. is to say that I will sing a song that's really like introspective, pretty sad, but in between I will basically do stand-up comedy uh yeah I actually said that to Sam I was like does she like tell jokes in between so yes that is (laughs) uh all right so we are going to do some quick fire questions now okay okay what is your favorite number seven what is the worst animal a chihuahua (laughs) (laughs) would you rather never write another song or never play another show? Ooh, I want to keep writing songs. I don't have to play a show. Uh, I love playing a show, but that's hard. Uh, what is your favorite beer? Lately, I'm drinking Man Antler. I've been playing a lot of shows at Man Antler Craft Brewing Company. They're a brewery in Bowmanville, Ontario. They always hook me up with the best beer. And right now I'm drinking the Hip Hop Anonymous, which is like a very stellar IPA. Nice, nice, nice. Shout, nice shout out for Man Antler as well. Not the first on this show. Would you rather save the world or build a rocket and go to space? Save the world. <laughs> the, last, the last one is a trivia question. Uh, oh, no. Is a zebra white with black stripes or black with white stripes? Ooh, black with white stripes. It's true. It you got it. It is black with really? white stripes. Good job. Yeah. I just like heard the words white stripes and i was like i'm gonna pick that <laughs> yeah yeah if in doubt go with good the call mu- go with the music reference if you're in doubt. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah all Who right knew that about zebras this is an educational podcast me <laughs> yeah. i knew i knew i didn't i, I love, didn't know i love but now i know i love them. how do you know that sam because i have a membership to the safari and uh, when every year I always buy the handbook for the tour that you can go on. And it is the fun fact about zebras every year. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Okay, great. Well, after that, we are going to take a break and we're going to hear a bit of your single that you released earlier this year, which is called This Town Won't Miss You.
What a great song. And if you enjoyed that, make sure to check out the rest of these songs on Brooklyn's Spotify. She has plenty of music on there for you to enjoy, including her most recent single. Brooklyn, would you like to tell us about that? Well, the song has the F word in it, in the verse, in the bridge, in the chorus. So it is definitely a song to listen to when your kids go to bed. Uh, mm, it's or called... headphones. It's about fungus. Yeah. <laughs> or friends. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe a truck. Truck that <laughs> <laughs> um, am I, uh, yeah so my newest single it is about that it was a co-write with a friend of mine uh where we were talking about what it would feel like to be that guy what it feels like to be someone who dated that guy and we all have that person you know they don't have to be a guy but like it most often is um mm-hmm. it can't it can be another woman it could be a non-binary person it could be anyone on the spectrum of mm-hmm. gender but like we've all been in a toxic frustrating relationship that you want to get out of and and i find that some of those relationships even once you've gotten past the hurdle of ending that relationship feeling like you can move on and then going about the rest of your life, whether it's like a cheating situation or something more damaging, uh, something like hurtful in a very real sense. Um, I think that the best feeling in the world is the feeling of forgetting that that person exists. That means that you've really truly gotten over it. If that person loses touch with you they're not a part of your daily thought process you're not checking up on them on instagram you're not thinking about that person at all and i think that this is a song that really speaks to the idea that like once you forget about a person who's really truly hurt you in a very significant way then that's when you're actually healed from that and the song's doing pretty well it's doing very good we just got on the first spotify editorial playlist i've ever been on Mm -hmm. congratulations that's a really good win i'm so into Mm -hmm. it and it and it really was a community effort and this is this is a podcast where we talk a lot about the music industry and independent musicians and something that really pushed me towards getting onto that editorial playlist was pre-saves and then community Mm. support on release day. So I really don't believe that I would have gotten on Fresh Finds Indie if we didn't clear a thousand streams in the first day. And that meant me really going out of my way to ask my community to stream the song and not only to stream the song, but to stream it more than once. That's awesome. Mm. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn, how long have you been doing music for? released my first record in 2014 so since then (laughs) or since just prior to then was when I started taking it truly truly seriously but I've always been doing music in some form or another Hmm. so it's kind of like about seven years yeah so when you started out when you decided I'm going to take this seriously how did you picture your music career would go Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, my true, I started out definitely 
with a lot of stars in my eyes being like, yeah, I'm going to be this person. I'm going to be like the next feist. But I do think that the longer that I spend time in the actual music industry itself versus being a, a, a side along watcher is the more impactful hope, which is that I hope one young, weird, queer kid in every small town in Canada will listen to my music and be like, oh, cool, I resonate with this. I know all the words mm. to this. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need to sell out a stadium or have a hit record on the radio to fulfill a dream. I feel like, for me, it feels much more impactful and less hollow in a way to mm-hmm. have people who resonate with your music because it actually speaks to them or to like have someone come up to you and be like, hey, this song really like helped me through mm-hmm. something yeah. versus like, oh, I could dance to this and I liked it. But there's right. a space for that as well. Like the amount oh, of yeah. Cyrus, like old school <laughs> Cyrus I was listening to last night and dancing in the kitchen, like tells a different story. You well, know? I think that there's really space for all the kinds, right? Yeah. Like, so you said like, as you've gone on, you've realized like this kind of impact is more important than, you know, getting super famous. And obviously there's nothing wrong with getting super famous. We hope your, we hope yeah. your music gets super famous. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you think that process has gone where you've kind of changed your outlook? I think a realization that I had is that um, success and fame are very different things. Um, success is something that you can choose for yourself. Fame is a numbers game. That's not necessarily in the control of the artist and that achieving fame, um, in the way in which a lot of people are wanting to achieve fame means that you have to compromise a lot of what you're doing to fit a radio standard or to fit Mm -hmm. an industry standard. And my question that would go out to emerging artists who might be listening to this podcast is if you wrote a song and you feel really proud of it and and this has happened to me in the past too I've had I've pitched a couple of my songs to radio track like big name radio trackers and they've been like listen I really really want I like the song I want to pitch it but like it's not it's not radio it's not catchy enough Mm -hmm. it's not this enough if you went back and re-recorded that song in a different way for it to be a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more catchy to redo the bridge, we could make that a really top radio song. Would I like that song anymore? Would it Mm -hmm. still speak to me the way in which I intended the song to be? If I'm in a stadium singing for a hundred thousand people, but those words don't feel like mine anymore, then what is success? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, that's I, great. Get, I feel this way quite often about success, um, that people have quite a warped vision of what success actually is. And they climb the ladder at work and they make more and more money. Nothing wrong with either of those things. Um, but when they get to the top, they realize actually what they were looking for wasn't there. Uh, and they can often go away still feeling kind of quite empty. And I think, as you said earlier, right, like if you can reach one queer kid and they can hear your lyrics and they can resonate with them like i personally would see that as a success yeah right like that's very successful and 
it's like yeah like it's not it's not fame and it's not gold necessarily but it's you know what my song did its job and it was a successful mm. song and it did its job and so um yeah so i really resonate uh, with what you're saying uh, with that yeah um yeah you're passionate about quite a few things you've mentioned a few of them uh, already um is there any that you um would particularly like to um draw attention to now sure um i really care about the queer community and supporting our queer communities i think that there's a bunch of great resources that help folks out there mm-hmm. is um, Positive Space Alliance. A lot of Positive Space Alliances in almost every city provide gender affirming gears for queer youth and queer young people. Um, and then there's also the 519, which provides a lot of support specifically to um, BIPOC folks who uh, might be struggling with um, housing support, who might be struggling with refugee status who might be struggling with a lot of different issues that intersect with queerness that um, mm-hmm. create barriers for access. So that's something that I really care about. Um, mm. I'm also um, an advocate for this program called the Moose Hide Campaign. At all of my shows, I give out tiny little moose hides. It's an organization that was created by an indigenous girl which supports um, anti-violence against uh, women and children who are indigenous. And so wearing the moose hide on your person, especially at shows, shows to indigenous women and children that you're a safe person, that you support Mm. the safety of indigenous women and children, which is really important. Um, Mm. And then also I will say, this is like not advocacy related, but we have talked about it before the podcast began. I'm a really big fan of the craft beer community. I think that in any way that we can support uh, microbreweries and craft beer makers, like why not? It's tasty, it's fun. You get to support local small businesses who are making great beer. Yeah. People would have missed that just before you said craft beer, like you swished your hair right over your shoulder. There was like- I did. And also like- So where can um, people find more information about you? So you can visit brooklyndoran.com. And then I'm on social media under Brooklyn Doran. Brooklyn, like the bridge, Doran, Mm. D-O-R-A-N. You can find me everywhere there. If you want to check me out on Spotify, it's a beautiful space to discover music. But you can also purchase any of my tracks from Bandcamp. All of the sales from that go directly to the artist. And then if you buy Tomorrow Never Comes, all of that goes to the 519's Will Monroe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Well, Brooklyn, thank you so much for joining us today. I feel like we could have probably continued speaking for hours. Um, but Love we, it. But we're going to close now by hearing your song, I Can't Be Alone With You. Yay!
Was the opening bit of I Can't Be Alone With You. And I have to say, I really enjoyed that interview. Yeah. I mean, I'm really glad you cleared up that zebra question because now I'll never have to wonder that again. Yeah, I'm sure it won't be the last time you hear me say it. Uh, I <laughs> really loved uh, that she writes such sad songs, but at the same time, she has such an upbeat attitude. Yes, she is very fun. Uh, if you would like to hear the rest of Brooklyn's songs, find her on her website, brooklyndoran.com. And don't forget that we have our own Spotify playlist where you can hear the full versions of all the songs that we've played on our podcast. Search Beyond the Lyrics on Spotify to find it or go to our link tree on Instagram and hit the link. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We appreciate you all so much. Do you want to be part of the Beyond the Lyrics community? We have lots of us over on the Instagram page. Find us at Beyond the Lyrics Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you please leave us a review? It really helps us out and helps more people find us too. You can do it directly on Apple Podcasts or DM us on Instagram and we will post it there. Our opening music is by 5J Barrow and you can find them on Spotify. Join us in two weeks for our next episode to hear from Francesca Panetta, a folk pop artist from Thornton, Ontario. See you there.